We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome into the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by FanDuel. It is Friday, December 1st, 2017. DJ Trainer here joined by Shannon McEwen and Ken K. Train Kreitz. You can find us on Twitter at TrainerDJ, at RotoShannon, and at Ken Kreitz. This podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Rotowire.com directly. Feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. You know that we'd love to have it. Breakdown of today's pod, we're going to go over some top news from around the league. Then we're going to go into our broad topic for the day, how to handle star players returning from injury. We're a couple weeks away from Isaiah Thomas, Zach Levine, and Kawhi Leonard all returning. We're going to break down the specifics of those three uh, players, and then maybe more broadly, how to handle star players when they return. Then K-Train, of course, will give us his crazy old man rant. I'm looking over it now. I cannot wait for it. And then we'll finish things up with some Friday FanDuel picks. Ken, why don't you get us started with the top news of this Friday morning? Yeah, an ugly ankle sprain in Denver. Nikola Jokic with bad ankle sprain. They tried to leave the floor immediately, but his teammates tried to you know, had to convince him that he needed to stay on the floor to take his two free throws. Uh, is it turning into the Will Barton show in Denver with all these injuries, guys? 
Oh, you know I love Will Barton. He went absolutely off last night, Shannon. I'll let you relay, relay that box score. He's the type of player where he's just going to fill it up across the board. Three-pointer, steals, blocks, assists, rebounds. And considering that he's a shooting guard eligible player in some formats, the fact that you're getting blocks and rebounds from a guy like that is awesome. The only issue with him over the last couple years is just that he has not had a clear path to playing time. It seems like with Jokic out, Wilson Chandler out right now, that that could happen, Shannon. Yeah, I mean, it certainly was the Barton show last night. He played 35 minutes, hit the game winner, Finished with 37 points, three assists, two rebounds, three steals, six three-pointers. He was just on fire from the get-go last night. So, it, But really, I mean, if Jokic is missing time, we already know Millsap's on the shelf for, for an extended period. Chandler's currently out as well. If, if, if Jokic also misses time, I've got to assume it's a big man that really... I mean, yes, Barton. Well, and I think Barton's, Chandler's supposed to come back this weekend. Yeah, which exactly. Is some good news. For so Denver. I mean, Barton yep. will certainly have a, a heavier load and, and more offensive responsibility. They'll lean on, on him for scoring more, but you're also going to see, you know, Plumley. Mason Plumley's going to get more minutes off the bench. He played 20 minutes last night, had six points, seven rebounds. Probably would have played a little bit more, but he had five personal fouls. Uh, Fareed played 22 minutes and and put pulled pulled down a double double. So, I mean, those are the guys who I think would benefit more directly. But yes, Barton does see a, see a bump in value. Denver is so deep, and we've known they're, they've been deep. We've been wanting them to you know, kind of trade a couple of pieces and consolidate down into one spot. You know, I love Barton. Um, Kenneth Fareed, we know he can go out there and get a double-double every single night if he plays enough minutes. Uh, Hernan Gomez is another guy that showed bright spots last year. Um, what I think they're going to roll with is, is Murray, Harris, Barton at the three, and then Wilson Chandler at the four, which they did quite a bit last yes. year, and then Mason Plumley at the five, assuming Jokic is going to miss. You know, we don't know. We're not doctors, but his entire weight went down on that sprained ankle. Um, you know, if he misses a couple weeks, then, you know, Mason Plumley will have some run at the five. And so, you know, there's a lot of guys here I really, really like, but they are so deep that I don't know if I feel super confident saying that Kenneth Reed and Mason Plumley should be must adds across all leagues if we knew that Jokic was even going to miss two or three weeks. If we know Jokic is out for, you know, 10, 12 games or something along those lines, I think Plumley is a decent add. Because I think they're going to want to start a legitimate center. They're not going to want to start Fareed at center. Right. So, so I like Plumley there. I think he'll see more than the 20 minutes he saw last night. But there is there is some risk there. They they like to run small as well. And and you've like, I mean Trey. We didn't even mention Trey Lyles yet. He's been playing well since Chandler and Millsap went down. Um, Hernan Gomez, like you mentioned, there's so many guys who are going to factor into the rotation, no matter what. That, that any one of them is a risk. But Plumlee, if Jokic is out for an extended period, Plumlee's the one I'm most comfortable with. Okay, outside of Barton. Yes, yeah. So, okay. Barton's already owned in every league anyways. Right, yeah. So in terms of uptick, I would say Barton, Plumlee, Kenneth Fareed, Hernan Gomez, Lyles, and Hernan Gomez, Lyles, both fitting in there somewhere. Any issues with that order? No, that's fine. And, and with, you know, the, with, with uh, the latter three, with Fareed, Hernan Gomez, and Lyles, their, their value is also tied to Wilson Chandler, so that's just something you have to consider as well. 
Chandler probably available. Uh, I'm scrambling here. I, I gotta believe Chandler's available in plenty of leagues with I, his. I got uh, him late injury. in drafts quite a bit. I think he's flirted with being on the waiver wire, not being on the waiver wire. Somebody who has not really gotten off to a great start this season. I think maybe that's because they've been playing him more at small forward instead of power forward like last year. I'm not entirely sure, but he hasn't he's had own, a he's owned, season. He's owned in 38% of Yahoo leagues, so widely available. There you go. Uh, all right, sorry to cut you off there, DJ, my bad. Um, Hassan Whiteside, this is kind of late Wednesday, early Thursday news, diagnosed with a bone bruise in his left knee and will rehab for the next one to two weeks. Should folks be running out and grabbing Kelly Olenek, the clinic? Is it is it Olenek or is it Bam? It, which one do you want to <laughs> which one do you want to grab? Because um, I th- you know I well it's it's the uh, old debate right? Like we know what we're going to get from Kelly Olenek. It's going to be a low double double guy who maybe can help out with a few three pointers if if he's feeling you know, feeling like he's on fire or something like that with Bam. It's like, maybe he could, uh, you know, outproduce anything that Kelly Olenek has ever dreamed of. We don't know. Cause we haven't, we don't have that much tape on him. Um, so for me, you know, I'm always going to fall down on the, I know what I'm going to get out of Kelly Olenek. So that's where I'm going to go. Um, somebody else needs to speak to Bam and the upside and the potential, because even if he has it, he's still a rookie in my eyes and I, and I'm not ready to, you know, you know, waste a waiver wire claim on somebody like Kelly Olenek who definitely is going to see you a good amount of minutes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I I think it's it's hard to know exactly what Spolster is going to do. Um, Bam got the start on Wednesday night um, in, in place of Whiteside. Played 31 minutes, nine points, five rebounds, two steals. Uh, he had he had a big night the the game before that with 19 and six um, in only 18 minutes. So I, I'm kind of torn. I, I like the upside of Bam, but I also think that Spolstra is going to go matchup base. So Olenek will get some starts. Bam will get others. Uh, and uh, all right, the the biggest question here is how do you say Bam's last name? Do any of us Odebayo. know? Odebayo. Nice, DJ. Yeah. You know, because it's my job to know and everything. <laughs> so here's here's what Olenek. Here's what Olenek. Uh, average when Hassan Whiteside sat out earlier this season. You guys will remember that uh, Whiteside missed five games earlier in, in late October. Olenek, during those five games, averaged 13 points, seven rebounds, two and a half assists, a steal, and a block, 1.8 three-pointers per game. So that's legitimate value right there. Now, the caveat to that is um, Bam was a rookie like you know, who had one game of experience during that time when Hassan Whiteside missed. So even though Olenek had a nice stretch, you know, we're further enough into Bam's rookie season where maybe uh, Spolster has more faith in going with Bam more than Olenek. So you can't quite look at those numbers and say that's what to expect. Well, and also I'd say they're they're not very similar players. Bam's more your traditional big, so if he does have big games, it'll be on the boards and hopefully with some blocks, though he hasn't shown that yet. Where Olenek is a little more of a stretch four type, really, who if you need a, you know the occasional three and if you need a little more assists, might be the way to go. Yeah, and I would I would say Olenek, they're both going to see an increase in value. I think that much is, yeah. is pretty obvious. Sure. Um, it almost doesn't matter who starts. Linux are all, been in the rotation all year. You know, some some games he might only play ten. Other games he plays twenty minutes. 
Um, right. He's going to see an increase in minutes, and I and even if Bam's starting, so they might actually both be worth their waiver wire add depending on your needs and your and your league structure. I think the most important thing said during this conversation was was from you, Shannon, that said that he's going to go matchup based, Eric Spolster, because that's what he's done with this ragtag team of guys for the last couple of years. So I think that you know even if Olenek is clearly better or Bam is clearly better, it doesn't matter in Spolster's eyes. He's got a coach. Uh, he's got to coach those guys up to win every single game, given the personnel they have right now. All right, gentlemen. And then uh, uh, Dwayne Wade had a surprising 19 points, two boards, three assists, four steals, two blocks off the bench in Cleveland's win versus Atlanta in Atlanta. Wade is uh, Wade's averaged 15.8 points in his last five games. Gentlemen, is D Wade now fantasy relevant? And uh, after Europeans, I have an amusing story. When you're done, guess guess what? Guess who Dwayne Wade is the new version of Shannon? You'll like this one. Let's hear. Dwayne Wade is the new version of Rodney Stuckey. Now, granted, this is Rodney Stuckey in his prime versus Dwayne Wade in his twilight, but I think what we're going to see out of Dwayne Wade is a span of eight games where he puts up respectable numbers, and then he's like, oh yeah, LeBron James is on my team, my knees hurt really bad, I'm going to fade into the shadows for another eight to ten games. So, in terms of what to expect, I'm thinking peak Rodney Stuckey, which has been a thorn in fantasy player side, you know, over the course of Stucky's entire career. Well, we'll talk more about Wade and the Cavs in general later, but I mean, right now, you've got Wade. The, first of all, the Cavs are on a nice streak. You know, they've won 11 games in a row, they're playing well as a team. But, but Derek Rose is out, IT's out. So you got Calderon is starting, but that's like a de facto, like it, it's a starter in name only. He's playing 18 minutes a game, he's not producing much. So you've got Wade coming off the bench, playing playing two dozen minutes or so, you know, about twenty five minutes per game. He's leading that second unit. You look at the names on the second unit, and no one else can really do much of anything. So it's way, you know, Wade's the lead dog there. But I is he fantasy relevant? Sure, in twelve and fourteen team leagues or deeper, there could be some value. But it all depends on your needs. Um, it, I know I dropped him in one league. Ken and I dropped him in one league, and it was because. We did three pointers. He wasn't hitting threes, and he was also playing like crap at the time. So, <laughs> so we dropped him. And, and I think, you know, is it is it a time to would you should you drop him in deeper leagues? No, you should probably try to trade him. The league we had, we can't make trades. So, if you're able to trade him, that's the way to go. I like the Rodney Stuckey comp. I like it too. Yeah, unfortunately, nice. it's tough to get over that name value with Dwayne Wade. But at this point in his career, it's 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 uh, looks like it's five games since here. You know, five games since there of of being really bad. Fantasy basketball fans, guess what? Basketball is back, which means FanDuel is back. Fantasy basketball for the everyday fan. They got new contests starting every day. It means no busted seasons, as some of you are starting to realize out there. There's something for everyone, lots of contests to choose from, starting at just $1. All you do is pick a contest, select your players, and watch your score in real time. I know us three here have played pretty much every night of the NBA season. We're very thankful that we still have months and months and months and months that we get to keep playing and keep winning money. We're three of over 2.5 million players that have won a cash prize playing Playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at fanduel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six months Rotowire subscription with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit fanduel.com slash RW, void where prohibited. Gentlemen, let's get into the meat of this wait, podcast. Wait, 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 oh. wait, wait. 
I have my amusing D Wade story. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry, I it's cut okay. you off. No worries, no worries. But anyway, really, uh, it's a funny story. Uh, in the Athletic, uh, Jason Lloyd, a writer for the Athletic, got to have a long sit down with D Wade. And uh, it's a lengthy column, but uh, what's interesting in the middle of it, it, it seems that there were a few Cavs that didn't want Wade on the t- on the team, but LeBron made it very clear that he did not care. And I think my favorite quote from the piece was uh, actually from Wade himself. Wade said, but Bron asked me to come here. I talked to Ty Lu. He didn't say he didn't want me here, so I decided to come. <laughs> Is that a is that a rigging endorsement from Lou there or what? That's pretty much like what any conversation a GM with a head coach would be like, and we all know LeBron is the GM, anyways. So I get, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. All the time you have GMs and head coaches clashing. Um, you know, LeBron gets what LeBron wants, and it's it's no secret that he's basically just added on all his over the hill buddies over the last or over the course of his career, really. Yeah. It's kind of funny, though, you know, like you think of free agent recruiting, right? And, you know, the super high end where they're flying guys in and the coach will bring in stars from other local teams and all this. But in that case, the coach was just like, well, I don't not not want you. <laughs> you know? He's like, I'm here. Great. Now, before before we move on to the broad topics that we did miss the biggest piece of news for the day, and that is DJ is engaged. Oh! Right, that's true. Thanks, guys. And let me be the first to say, welcome to misery. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm noticing you're not wearing your wedding ring this morning, Bring out the genital cuff. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Went to Thailand and uh, Korea with my girlfriend uh, last week. Uh, Popped a question, went well. She said yes, which if she said no, it would have been terrible because we were literally on the other side. That's a long flight back. A That's valid. a long flight Yeah, back. it's a long walk back. That's true. Uh, but yeah, thanks, guys. Went well. Do you have a date? No. Gosh, no. We really haven't had to gotten into dive. I will say, not, not that this is like a wedding planning podcast, although I will say that Rotowire was almost a wedding planning website back in the, the early days. The, the founders were deciding between fantasy sports and a wedding planning website, and they, oh, yeah. they chose <laughs> Rotowire. So I guess we're not too off topic here. Um, <laughs> Uh, but we started to do lists like for who you want to invite and uh, uh, like, we're just keep it basic like our closest friends and our family and let's see what that gets us and that's I like a hundred people it's crazy yeah were your guys' wedding like that too like Dude, hundreds and hundreds that's of just people that's a microcosm of what the rest of your life's going to be like yeah <laughs> it adds up quick and I you know I have I have hundreds of cousins right so I I purposely held my wedding in Wisconsin so that none of my cousins from the state I'm from or from the state my mother's from um, would would want to travel. So I didn't have to invite them. You say that and we laugh, Wait, but like Emily and I have had Wisconsin, conversations that far like trip? That. Yeah. It's far enough that 80 people aren't going to get in their cars and drive here. So yeah. that was a good way to trim it, uh, was to not have it in one of our hometowns. Wow. All right. Well, yeah, that's that's totally a topic that's been tossed around in the the trainer household. All right, let's get into the meat of this podcast. Nobody cares about me and my new fiance, although I'm very happy and thank you for bringing it up. Uh, let's go talk about LeBron James. He's got a new fiance coming into the picture. Isaiah Thomas. Haven't ha- those guys haven't played together? It seems Awkward like he's, transition, but okay. Yeah, sure. I'm just <laughs> grasping at straws here, uh, just frantically trying to get off the topic of me. Um, <laughs> 
So the, I think the most interesting thing is before we get into, uh, you know, like drop Jose Calderon, if you picked him up and all that stuff, the most interesting thing you can hear with Isaiah Thomas coming back is should you try to trade LeBron James right now? Um, most importantly, the guy is just assisting all over the place. The leagues where I have him, I'm leading an assist because I wasn't planning on him to be, you know, my team's leading assister. Um, I was, you know, expecting to get a nice boost, but he's just pushed me far over the edge. Um, overall, you know, he's playing. He's having one of his best statistical seasons of his career. Should you trade LeBron James now before Isaiah Thomas returns? Yes, absolutely yes. There, there's Correct. numerous reasons, too. I mean, one, be, because he's having the best season ever. I mean, he, he's the second best fantasy player in Yahoo right now behind James Harden. Goes Harden, James, Giannis. If you can get a Giannis or a James Harden or even a Curry for, for LeBron James, I'm trading them because uh, yeah. I think those guys will have more value for the rest of the season. They're going to, I mean, James, the Cavs are on a nice run now. As I mentioned earlier, they've won 11 in a row. Eventually they're not resting him yet. They're not resting him yet, which is going to happen. Yet. Eventually they will because they will clinch like a top two seed in the mm-hmm. East and, and they're going to rest him down the stretch like they do every year. And also, with IT coming back, we all know IT's a heavy usage guy. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. LeBron's James stats are going to come down. They're, they're, it's just going to happen. I, I, I mean, there's no other explanation. It, his stats are coming down. He's not going to have the best season of his career at age 31. I think he's smart enough, too, to know he almost wants him to come down. He knows he doesn't want to be a one-man show for the whole playoffs. He wants the team to play better. He'll want to integrate IT. Well, Ken, I... 100% 100% agree with you, and that's something that he has said. That's something that you know coaches right, of his happened. have said in the past. And guess <laughs> what? True. He still goes out there and plays 33-plus minutes every night deep into the season. So it's like everybody's on the same page about that, but you look at the box score every night, and it's like, oh, he played 35 minutes again. You know, It, yeah. it seems stupid. Uh, yeah, and, but, a side, and a sidebar to that point, too, I really thought Jay Crowder would take some of the burden off. Not, you know, Jay Crowder's not a superstar, but a little more defensive help, a little more threes, just, you know, some time off for James. Uh, and it hasn't really happened. I, I think a lot of those guys are walking on eggshells. You know, they don't want to upset LeBron. Um, part of the thing that made you know Crowder so great um, from when he went to Dallas where he didn't play at all to Boston is that I think he felt some kind of ownership of the team and he was actually a team leader. He yeah, comes to a new situation where he can't really assert himself or go out there and, and you know like take ownership or scold guys and I think a lot of guys walk on eggshells around LeBron and I'm not trying to knock LeBron because I'm you know a biggest one of the biggest proponents of LeBron but that just is what the team dynamic is where you're actually diminishing some of the X factors that some of these guys have had on other teams, Jay Crowder um, specifically. So, well, this is probably a good time for me to fess up the error I made in our NFBKC draft with Shannon. We had the, I think it was the eighth or ninth pick and it was between John wall and LeBron and Shannon wanted to go LeBron and I wanted to go John wall and now walls injured and LeBron's having crazy stats, and I was clearly wrong. Well, I I don't think that we can close the book on that one yet because, like like Shannon mentioned, LeBron is probably playing. You know, his usage rate is probably the highest it's going to be right now. And John Wall and the Wizards are actually struggling, and they need to win some games here when he returns. Where Wall is probably going to peak later on in the season, and LeBron is probably going to decline as the season goes along. So I think that could end up being closer than you're giving it credit right now, Ken. 
It, right. I think it might be closer. It will be closer at the end of the year than it is now. But here's the thing. While while I expect LeBron to scale back some and and not shoot not continue to shoot a career high fifty eight percent from the floor and forty three percent from the three point, I mean those numbers are going to drop. His assist, his scoring, those are going to drop slightly, not not tremendously, but enough that he's not going to be a top three fantasy player anymore. He's still going to finish top. I think he's going to finish top three in the MVP voting this year. He, he's one of the heavy favorites to win it right now. Um, I love everything that LeBron James is doing. I believed in it before the season. I thought the Kyrie thing kind of gave him that extra motivation. Just go out there and have an FU season. I think he's going to continue to do that. Just not quite at the level we've seen so far. So my vote, even with that said, my vote still, if you can trade him for Harden or Giannis or Curry, I would do it. Would one of you two? Would you two trade LeBron James? See, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I mean, it's really nice to throw that out there and do a one for one with you know top five players. But in yeah, reality, I think, I think it's you yeah. trading LeBron for like three other you know top sixty players or something like that. Okay, so you trade LeBron for two top thirty players, two guys that are ranked around twenty five to thirty five. I do it. You do that? Yeah, because okay. I, you know. I'm always in favor of spreading out your value and not being too tied up into one position. Um, so you get a little bit of insurance there um, instead of you know just trading one for one with a Curry or a Harden or something like that. But I think the most plausible trade, if you are trying to trade LeBron, is to trade him for you know one for two or three um, and make sure that everybody involved in that trade is you know a top 75 if you're going to go three three players for LeBron. So is is like. Oladipo and Aaron Gordon. No, those are two top twenty players. Oladipo, well, Oladipo, and Andre Drummond. That's getting closer. Okay, that's getting closer. Uh, Aaron Gordon is because you know just we haven't seen one full season of him being able to produce at the level he's been doing. So I mean, you know me, I'm not going to take some guy that's just had you know a good month and a half and, and nothing else to show for it. But if well, if I you, think there's Shannon repeating. He believes Andre Drummond's going to keep shooting free throws well, right? Yeah. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no, it's coming down. All right. Well, that's I mean, that's a really good thing we have to do because, you know, it's one thing to say you should trade him. But then when you actually start throwing out their players that it becomes increasingly harder and harder. Now, uh, I, before we move on uh, to another team, uh, how does IT's return uh, impact Kevin Love and Dwayne Wade? You know, we hinted at Wade earlier, but are those guys who you're actively avoid? Are you avoiding Wade because of IT's potential return, or are you going to trade Love as well because IT's returning? Well, well Love really hasn't had that great of a season outside of the last couple of games. I mean, it hasn't been you know magical from him. I, I think LeBron has has taken all the stats for from a certain degree, and I don't think Love is having the season that he did last year. So I can't imagine Love producing less than he is right now as long as he sees the same amount of minutes he's gonna get some nice catch catch and shoot threes right let's let's not forget that isaiah thomas is exactly at the 19 points a game he was having last year he's uh down a tick on rebounds from 11 to 10 uh right at the same level of assists steals blocks uh, his threes, though, are down about half a three at his, one point. His shooting percentages are up, so that that's a part of it. His his overall value is very comparable to what it was last year. Okay. Yeah, I would say as LeBron's assist numbers are the thing that might take the biggest hit when Isaiah Thomas returns. Um, he won't have to have the ball in his hand as much. Now, he may not allow it. But, 
but yeah, right. we'll see. All right, guys, <laughs> right. let's move on to the next team here. Let's move on to the Chicago Bulls, and we don't have to spend too much time on them. I don't think we'll spend nearly as much time as we did the Cavs because there's really not as many moving parts. Zach Levine is expected to return at some point in December, um, so the, you know that means that he, you know he's not going to miss a ton of time when it's all said and done. Big big issue here is are you know how much are they going to play him? Is he going to play back to backs? All that good stuff. Um, Justin Holiday has been a top 50 fantasy player so far this year. And Zach Levine's return, at least position-wise, most directly defects Justin Holiday, who's been the best fantasy contributor for the Bulls. Me, as somebody who's heavily invested in Justin Holiday across the board, is you know a little fearful. Um, do you think that there's a way that Justin Holiday and Zach Levine are able to still see a lot of minutes on the court, given that Holiday has kind of proven that you know he 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 can actually go out there and score points for a Bulls team that has an incredibly hard time scoring points? Shannon or Ken well I was gonna say let me rephrase that question slightly at 6-6 can Holiday play small forward because it's not like the magical duo of Paul Zipser and Denzel Valentin are are getting them to the NBA finals you're right Holiday is the one guy that's getting his own shot or or do you think he's just not a good fit with Levine yeah, I, th- I think if you're going to play Zipser and, and Valentine at small forward, then you can certainly justify playing Holiday at small forward. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's plausible that they could both be out there on the court. Um, I think the big thing for Levine, you know, I, I do have him stashed on my IR spot. A lot of the places, the biggest thing I'm concerned of with his return is, you know, how much are they going to let him play for a Bulls season that's already over? And he's really the only bright spot on their entire roster, their entire roster. Uh, I know you're shaking your head, Shannon, with Chris Dunn, Ooh. but I mean, it's <laughs> it's not just Chris Dunn. It's Markinen. It's oh. Valentine. Like Markinen. Mark. Okay. Excuse me for Markinen, but aside from Markinen, I I'm still going to stand by my point. No, Valentine's doing great this year. He's hitting two point three three pointers per game, one steal, ten five and three. I and he's actually a more of a natural fit at small forward. He's also younger than Holiday, and he's part of that team's future. Like I, I could see them actually. I, I, I would absolutely trade Holiday today. Like you don't want to wait another day. Try moving him immediately because well, that's true. That's for sure. Levine's return is going to directly impact Holiday more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. The future of this team, the, on the current, the current players that are on this team, it, it's it's done. It's Levine, it's Valentine, it's Markinen, and then it's whoever the hell they draft with their top three pick next year. Those are the only players that matter. Do you think you think they consider Valentine part of the core? I think they- right now they do. Yes. Will he be that in you know twelve months from now? It depends on who they draft and and how Valentine develops. But all you gotta do is watch the Bulls play. He looks damn good this year. It's so tough. I mean, they just shooting percentage is still a little scary at thirty eight percent. He's hitting two point three three pointers per game. He gives that team great, great spacing. He he tries hard on defense. He is a part of their the current core and what they have on the roster. I'm not saying it's going to be long term, but he is certainly part of that right now. I've always been a believer in him, um, Valentine. That is, I, I think he can definitely. Uh, carve out a role in an NBA rotation. It's just been a little slower of a process um, for him. And, and, and Shane, I know you're shaking your head here, but this is not an NBA rotation right now. And, and so I, I do think that he's part of the core, but he's at the very end of that core. He was yeah. a top 15 pick last year. 24, though, but 24. I, you know, know, we're not talking a one that. and done guy. That He was a top 15 pick. It's not like we're talking about a, a middle of the second round guy 
Like he was a top 15 pick. With he was the 14th NBA overall. Time. Yes. So I, I'm not, and anyone who watched him in college or watched him this season, you know, he's got talent. He's got skills. He, he fits in the NBA. I, I'm not saying he's going to be a part of their long core term, uh, All right. long-term okay. core, but he certainly factors that into It sounded like that's process. what you were saying. It sounded, I think with the three of us well, have I, a big 10 That's bias. the third time I've said he's not a part of the long-term core. He's a part of the current core, but that could change a year from now easily. All right. Coming into this pod, I was not expecting Shannon to die on the Denzel Valentine Hill, but there you go. Uh, let's move on to the San Antonio Spurs and Kawhi Leonard. Spurs are humming along just fine. No surprises here, right, guys? You know, they're doing perfectly fine. They're right where we thought they would be. Even if Kawhi was playing, there's absolutely zero incentive to rush him back. And even when he is back, there's zero incentive to play him a whole buttload of minutes. So... That being said, it still seems like he's about to return. Who gets impacted? And, you know, I don't know that it's a straight small forward for small forward answer with this Spurs team. I think this is one of the most complicated ones that we're going to talk about here. Um, Are either of you guys ready to take a stab in terms of, you know, who's going to get impacted the most when Kawhi Leonard does return at some point, which seems like in the next couple weeks? I got to believe Aldridge's shot attempts go back down. I mean, he had 14 and a half last year. He's over 17 this year. I can't wasting 17 plus shots when Leonard's back. No, I, I, I hear you. And I agree with you, Ken, you know, he averaged Aldridge averaged 18 and 17 points per game. His first two seasons with the Spurs, he's at 23 points per game, which is back to the level he was at with Portland. You know, once Kawhi returns, and, and maybe not immediately, because I do think they're going to bring Kawhi along pretty slowly, um, but once Kawhi's at full strength, yeah, Aldridge is going to dip back down. Will he dip back down to 18 or 17? I, I, I don't think so. I think Pop probably has, um, yeah, he, he has more faith in Aldridge right now and, and will probably continue to feed him the ball more than he did the past two seasons, but not as much as he has, has this season to date. So if you can trade Aldridge... Get him right. for for some, you know get comparable value right now. He's like a top ten fantasy player. If you can get a top ten, top fifteen guy for Aldridge, I'm I'm moving him. So let me let me just relay the overall standings I have for like a nine category league um, on CBS right now. Granted, you know rankings are all over the place depending on which site you're looking at. Uh, San Antonio Spurs, Lamarcus Aldridge, thirty three. Take these with a grain of salt. Grain of salt, but still, Paul Gasol, fifty. Danny Green, 64, Kyle Anderson, 91, and Patty Mills, 94. Now, for me, when Kawhi Leonard returns, all of those guys I just mentioned slide down like 20 oh, spots. Yeah. And Especially it's not Green. even you know just Aldridge, although I think his shot attempts get mostly uh, affected. I think just all of those guys I just mentioned just slide down 20 spots, essentially. Yeah, and most other sites, Aldridge is in, in the top 15, 20 range sure, sure. right now, and I think I think he still is a top thirty fantasy player moving forward, but he's going to take a dip. That's why if I can get a top twenty guy in return for him, I'm making that move. But all of those other players, I mean, specifically Gay and Green, uh, Kyle Anderson, yeah. all those guys are all going to dip, and they're going to be in most like ten team leagues. They're probably not going to hold much value, if any. Twelve team leagues, they're going to be borderline guys. So those, you know, those are guys. Certainly, if you can package them together and move them in certain in certain trades, it's worth exploring. And I will say, Here's, who do you take in this deal? So Aldridge is, uh, as to your point, Shannon, fifteen on Yahoo. Um, Kevin Love, twenty one. Would you swap Aldridge for Love at this point? 
Only if I desperately needed three pointers. If I needed okay. the three pointers, I think that's a good swap. More rebounds um, from Love. More well, rebounds. Yeah. I mean, more Love, Love certainly is going to average more per game, but I would do it primarily for the three pointers because you're you're looking at a good, you know, almost one and a half three pointers extra per game that you're going to get in that swap. Um, but going forward with with their teammates, it and Kawhi returning, I actually think those two kind of have similar value moving forward. Hmm. Yeah, you know what's funny is that I think Popovich is perfectly happy with the way the season has turned out, and, and I know that seems crazy. But listen to this. He's able to reserve easily his best player, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he's able to stroke the ego of a guy that he was slowly but surely losing, um, a guy that was yeah. you know, not happy with his role. So LaMarcus Aldridge is you know, happy taking a bunch of shots. Kawhi Leonard is staying healthy, and the role, the role players are doing their thing. And they're still high up in the standings. I mean, this is an ideal season for Popovich. I think if, if you would ever ask him just outright at any point over the last 10 years, hey, if you could rest your best player for the whole season, would you do it? And he would say yes a million times. I mean, in fact, he rests his best player on and off throughout the season. So kind of an interesting uh, season down there in San Antonio, but I think it's going exactly how Pop would want it to. Let's move on, fellas. K-Train, it's your time to shine. It's time for the K-Train's crazy old man rant. Mine is actually short and sweet this week. Dear media, stop being whores for LeVar Ball. Stop reporting everything the vacuish attention seeker says. Cover real news. He is not your pimp. That is all. I do not want to say his name ever again. Oh, also, uh, about a half an hour ago, Tennessee fired their athletic director, uh, who they had for eight months due to this whole mess of uh, head coaching search, which I thought was amusing. I enjoy all those semi-pro SEC teams having problems. If you wonder why K-Train doesn't get his old man rant until 40 minutes into the podcast, just just replay what he just said back. Uh, Ken, I probably agree with you. You're totally right. It's a mutual relationship there, LeVar Ball and the media. They need each other to exist to a certain degree. Let's get into our Friday. Stop saying his name, DJ. Don't say his name anymore. Stop it. All right, I'm done. I'm done saying LeVar Ball's name. Let's ah! move on to our Friday FanDuel picks here, guys. Um, I'll kick things off. Um I think the first place you need to look at before, um, well, I shouldn't say before, because out in Golden State, we have basically all their best players outside of Draymond Green are listed as questionable tonight against the Magic. I think I just got to wait until I see what happens there. Luckily, uh, Golden State is on the East Coast, and they're playing in Orlando, so we'll be able to tell, you know, are those guys going to play? Are they not going to play before lineup lock, presumably? Um, I think it starts there. If all those guys sit, I think Draymond Green would be a must-play, and then you need to pick Sean Livingston, Nick Young, Patrick McCall, Omri Caspi, one or two of those guys to pair with Draymond, and then fill out the rest of your lineup. Is that how you're going about your lineup tonight, Shannon, is waiting for the Warriors to figure out who they're going to play? No, not at all. Okay. It, it, those, those guys, a lot of those guys, like Livingston started a couple times for Curry already this year. Um, but it wasn't, but it wasn't, it, it was because only Curry was out. No, it wasn't no, that all wasn't those guys. Curry. Like you had Curry, Durant, and someone else sit mm-hmm. uh, the, the, lat, the latter start. Um, but the first start, he still didn't do crap. I mean, I, I don't know. Who, who's all sitting? Is, is Iguodala sitting for, for the Warriors tonight? Yeah, he might. Okay. He's one of the questionable guys. It I depends. I mean, Caspi with Duran out is interesting. Yes. Um, that That's probably the one guy I would go with. I know the one guy I would not start, and that's Nick Young. 
Yeah, he's 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 on the outside looking in because I think for him to even have a shred of success, he needs to be inserted inserted into that lineup with all the other all stars. <laughs> also, we all personally hate Nick Young. Don't forget that too. We've I don't made know about all of us. Speak no, speak for yourself, yeah, guys. DJ loves Nick Young. Could <laughs> <laughs> be hanging out with Nick Young down in Cali. All right. Shannon is he going to not- get a wedding invite? Are you sending Nick Young a wedding invite? <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Uh, all right. Shannon is not convinced with the Warriors' injuries, although I think we both agree that uh, Omri Caspi is the most enticing one there because um, he should be pretty cheap as well. Ken, who are you looking at tonight? Uh, I've got two guards I'm going to mention. Uh, I really like Reggie Jackson facing a Tim Frazier and not John Wall. Uh, at Washington, and Jackson's only 5,900, so that's going to help me afford a guy like Kyrie, uh, Kyle Lowry uh, at point guard. And then uh, on the other side of that Warriors game, uh, I like Evan Fournier, uh, just because I think they're going to have to chuck it up a lot for Orlando to keep up with the Warriors, and Fournier can be their top outside chucker. So Fournier and Aaron Gordon, they the Orlando Magic have already played Golden State this year. Um, they... Gordon and Fournier both had horrible games, um, but knowing that Golden State might be sitting the vast majority of their primary players make those two more interesting. So it's it's almost like you can don't even factor in that previous game against Golden State. So I agree with you, Ken. With at that price, Fournier is certainly interesting. Um, I also have Reggie Jackson in my lineups tonight. He his best game of the season came against the John Wall led. Um, bullets, sorry. Um, that's oh, what we're bullets. I, yeah. I prefer bullets. Yeah. Um, the bullets earlier this season, he had he had 40, 40 plus fantasy points. He's so cheap. He's on you know under six thousand. It's hard to find forty point upside at that price range. So I'm with you there. Um, a couple guys I like: Otto Porter against Detroit. One of Porter's best games came against the Pistons earlier this season. That same game that that Reggie Jackson went off. Porter had fifty plus fantasy points. Um, plus, you've got John Wall out, so I, I know Porter didn't look too good in his first game or, or the previous game without John Wall. But that was a poor shooting outing. I expect a, you know he's going against Covington, who's who's a really good defensive player. I expect a better showing tonight against Tobias Harris. So I just I just want to bring up one thing, and just to play devil's advocate here is: Do you think he had a poor shooting outing because? He didn't get the open looks he gets when John Wall is on the court, and that it's not you know just a random bad shooting night. It was because he was able to be guarded more closely than he is when Wall is on the court with him. I think that's certainly part of it, but I still like him more because, in theory, his usage and his usage should go up with Wall out. He should get more attempts. Um, will they be tougher attempts? Sure, but I still like him tonight at his price point. Um, and then one other guy, I mean, the good point about this stage of the season is you're working off you're working off actual results against these teams. So we've seen, you know, we've seen Fournier or Porter or Jackson play against these teams already. We've seen LaMarcus Aldridge play against Memphis this week, actually, and he, he was able to score 40 points. So I like going L.A. again. I'm going Mar- LaMarcus against the Grizzlies. Thad Young had a big game two weeks ago uh, against Toronto. You know, if, if Miles Turner sits and right now he's questionable, that could be a good play there. If you're looking for a very cheap guy, we've been dancing around the Wizards without talking about who's replacing John Wall. Um, in terms of a starter, Tim Frazier has been starting at point guard. Hasn't been playing that many minutes, though, and he hasn't yeah, been producing whatsoever. Starter. He's yep. $4,000. Tomas Sadoransky, 
$4,600. Um, probably not a guy that should see a whole lot of ownership, but if you're looking for a really cheap option, um, he has gotten the majority of run with John Wall off the court. Last two games when Wall was off the court, 26 and 25 fantasy points. You know, you can make that work if you're only spending $4,600 on a guy. I know Shannon only likes to get guys in this lineup that he thinks could go off for at least 40 points. I know usually that's kind of a staple of your lineup is that everybody needs to have that high, high upside value. Um, But, you know, if you're playing your value and trying to get your five times value and all that good stuff, Tomas Sadoransky is one of those guys that you probably could get your value back. Uh, You guys got any cheap small forwards? Do we got any? Of course, I mean su- that you're suggesting. I mean, I'm looking at Kelly Oubre, who's had a nice run of uh, over 25 point uh, fantasy. In fact, out coming on a 40 in Philadelphia. Well, the main but, guy for me that I already mentioned, but I guess I didn't mention his positionality is Omri Caspi. Ken at thirty five hundred dollars. Uh, um, so that'd be the main guy I'd go with. Thirty five hundred dollars. Come on, I mean he's gonna exceed value in the first ten minutes of that game. If, if he's able to play and all those other guys are out. So that's that's my main cheap small forward target. I don't know, Shannon, do you have any others? No, Ubre's a really good pick, Ken. He's at five grand. I think he's solid. Um, you know, it's that's probably the lowest I'll go is five grand on Ubre. The guys who are below that, I'm not seeing a lot of interesting names. So if I need a cheap option, Ubre's the guy. Dylan Brooks, depending on who comes back for the Grizzlies tonight, they might be extremely shorthanded again. That means 30-plus minutes for Brooks, but he usually doesn't do much with those 30 minutes, so I can't. I would rather spend extra money and get Ubre than, than get the minutes from Dylan. Shannon, put your money where your mouth is. Denzel Valentine, $6,300. Is he worth it in your eyes? Let's put a dollar. Let's put a FanDuel dollar amount on your love for Denzel Valentine. Is it at least sixty three hundred dollars against the Kings tonight? No, no, that's too expensive for him. I mean, he's been playing. He's boatloads of minutes. Thirty nine, thirty eight, thirty nine. The past three games, he had a big outing against Miami earlier this week. Forty one fantasy points. He had a thirty nine fantasy point outing last week. So he's been producing, but most of the time he falls in that twenty five point range. And 6300 is just too much for that. I will say, I think it was last year on this pod, maybe two years ago. I guess it would have been last year. I totally predicted that Denzel Valentine was a low triple-double guy. It was tongue-in-cheek, but I 100% was talking about Valentine. He, when he's on the court for a lot of minutes, I agree with you that he's a triple-double guy. Uh, you know Where we disagree is, is he truly a part of the, the core with Chicago? Because we can talk about guys like uh, Tim Frazier. Does you know generally does a really good job of grabbing fantasy stats when he plays, but by no means do NBA brass consider him to be a player that should be on the court for long large amounts of time. Well, with with Valentine, I, I admittedly I watch a lot of Michigan State basketball, mm-hmm. so I've seen him play. I saw him grow as a player throughout college. Liked what I saw. He got better every year. He's one of the best best players in the Big Ten by the time he came out. Yeah. Uh, but what I really am intrigued by this year is the fact that his three-point shot, shot is now legit. Like, he has, he has a legit NBA three-point shot. He's hitting 2.3 three-pointers per game. Like, that's huge. When you, and when you factor in that he's, he's already a, a possible 10-5-5 five, five guy with 30-plus minutes of action, and then you add the threes to that, that's, that's solid production. I'll make a bold prediction. When Zach Levine returns from his injury, that Valentine's threes totals will actually go up 
because I've seen some Bulls in action. I've seen them on TV, and those shots that Valentine has been taking and pretty much everybody in the Bulls, their defenders have been right on them. If, if they could get anybody on their team, anybody that will pull off defenders from Valentine, even a little bit, he's going to start seeing open threes instead of contested threes, and I think that's pretty enticing for Valentine and the Bulls, of course, as well. Any last guys that you guys want to bring up here before we get out of here? I think we, we did a pretty good job from top to bottom, I'd say. Yeah, I, right. I like Steven Adams against Minnesota. He's got two big games against him um, already this season. But I don't, I, you know, I don't have any dirt cheap guys that I would say are must plays. I like a lot of the mid tier priced guys who who already have proven that they they do well in that matchup. All right, it's time for everybody's favorite segment: K Train's mispronounced names. <laughs> Denzel Valentin and Valentine instead of yeah, Valentine, yeah, and then he yeah. even messed up his own nickname. I do this all the time too, so no worries, Ken. Cray Train Cray? instead of K Train. That's that's my. I missed that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I do that one all the time, so no worries there. Well, thanks so much for joining us on this fantasy basketball <laughs> podcast presented by FanDuel. Cray Train, why don't you get us out of here? <laughs> We're gonna go back to legendary Hall of Famer Will Chamberlain, who said, and I think this applies well to our pod today. They say, "quote." They say that nobody's perfect. Then they tell you practice makes perfect. I wish they'd make up their minds. Thank you, Wilt. (laughs) Attention, passengers. This three-car fantasy train has hit the end of the line. (laughs) Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.